This is the official Caps Chirp Podcast, proudly a part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Every team, everywhere. What's going on, Caps fans? It's me, the Hockey Troll, and I am here with that snack, Polly Cupcakes. Hello, everyone. It is the Thursday episode, June 24th. Absolutely. We are going to be talking about, uh, well, my segment's going to be about a possible Montreal-New York Islanders-Stanley Cup final matchup, and Polly is going to talk about... I'm going to talk about West Virginia hockey. Sunday, this past Sunday, the 20th, was West Virginia Day, so I'm going to talk about a little history and some notable players. Very cool. So, uh... I need to tell you first, though, about DraftKings Sportsbook. It's not only my favorite sportsbook, but also America's top-rated sportsbook. I love using DraftKings Sportsbook. It's easy to navigate, has plenty of instructions for new bettors, and nearly limitless ways to get in on all the action. My friends and family have been loving DraftKings Sportsbook, and I know you will, too. Listen to this great offer. DraftKings Sportsbook is putting you courtside with a chance to turn $1 into $100 in site credits. That's right. Pick any basketball team that is still in contention. Bet $1. And if that team wins, you get $100 in site credits. Don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook also offers great odds and promotions on baseball, hockey, and so much more all week long. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 in free credits. Bet on the basketball team of your choice to win their next game, and if they do, you will claim $100 in free credits. That's promo code THPN for lunch time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. DraftKings Sportsbook, use code THPN. Thank us later. Thank us later. All right, let's get it popping. One, two, three. All right, Caps fans, like we said, we're going to be talking about a Montreal, possible Montreal-New York Islanders matchup. And uh, I guess Paul is going to expose some people on this podcast like me. Are you going to do the whole team stats of West Liberty University Hockey Club? Um, I guess I will now. Mm-hmm. You don't have to. You don't have to. But I know you wanted to really... Be pumped about your stats specifically. Well, I wasn't going to bring it up, but now I will. All right, fair enough. Well, let's talk about the uh, the Islanders Montreal matchup first. All right. This is the Hockey Troll Hip Check. that you like that Polly? i love the music yeah it's nice uh all right caption so there is i was thinking in the shower the other day uh the islanders and montreal like what was how many times have they met in the playoffs and have they ever and you know how's that go because if you didn't know way back in the day they were two dynasties that were basically battling it out in the 70s uh and early 80s. So um, 
this is obviously all if the Isles meet in the finals with the Habs, um, which will be, I believe, the first time that's ever happened. An Islanders-Habs finals matchup because they're both division rivals. Well, same conference. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Same conference rivals, except for... Yeah, and I don't think it's ever happened in the finals because... Ah, I could be wrong. I'm not even going to talk anymore about it. But let's take a dive into their history. The Montreal Canadiens won four cups in a row from 76 to 79. They've won more uh, in the past, especially in the you know original six era. They were powerhouse. The Montreal Canadiens have the most cups by a decent margin from any other team in the NHL. Yeah, right, like Paul? Twenty six. Yeah, it's it's insane, um, and it seems like in the more recent times they've had like you know it's like every ten years they pop in and just win a cup. Yeah, and you know so they're kind of due for it. You yeah, know, last are. cup that Montreal won was 93. Patrick Waugh. Yeah. Yep. And they're kind of due for one now. But uh, the 76 through 79 dynasty was followed by four a four-peat by the New York Islanders from 80 to 83. And that was really the last great hockey dynasty. I mean, you can make, you can make arguments towards Edmonton. But the last team to four-peat, which is unheard of in today's NHL, right, was the New York Islanders in 1980 to 1983. Uh, the last Canadians Cup was in 80... Uh, I'm sorry. Was in... Uh, the last Islanders Cup was 83. So it's been 83 since the Islanders have won. That was the end of their dynasty years. Um, the... I mean, like I said, you can make dynasty arguments about the Oilers, the Penguins, you know, the Hawks, whatever you want to do. But none was the last like hockey domination franchises, I would say, were the Canadians and the Islanders. Right. I mean, for Pete, dude. Yeah, uh, I think it's a pretty solid point. The they have met four times in the playoffs, the 76, 77. And that was, you know, during the domination stages of the Canadians. And then 84, which is the year after the four-peat by the Islanders, and neither team won the cup there. That's where uh, Edmonton took the crown. Exactly. Off of New York. Right. And so that's when Edmonton kind of came into relevancy. Gretzky, Messier, you know, all that shit. Uh, And then 1993... Uh, they met in the playoffs, and then that's when the Canadians won the cup. Right. Last. Uh, the Islanders only won one of the matchups, and that was in 1984. So it didn't end up mattering uh, to the cup, but. And all of these matchups led to a cup appearance. Right. Exactly. Uh, so. Pretty interesting stuff there. I mean, there's a lot of history between these two teams. Like I said, both being the powerhouses that they are. Uh, I just feel like, you know, none of the players that are involved in this and probably none of the, most of the front office and most of the ownership and teams, I mean, with what New York has been through since going for four, 
has been an absolute shit show in ownership and front office antics, right? I mean, they had the there's documentaries out there about how the Islanders were basically like a a play toy for some scam artist. Yeah, and <clears throat> for any fan under the age of 40, they haven't really seen Islanders glory. Yeah, I mean, they've been a largely unsuccessful team. I mean, the 24 years that that preceded Barry Trotz, they've won one playoff uh, matchup, and they've only made the playoffs like eight times, which is really bad considering more than half, well, more than half of the teams uh, now, half the teams of the NHL make the tournament. Right. Lou Lamarillo, though, is kind of I, I, the reason that this triggers uh, or has triggered this segment is because there's an article on NHL.com. Lou Lamarillo has won three cups with the Devils, and and you know, coming into the Islanders, it seems like he's back to his old ways, playing that that uh, designing the team from the net out, which I believe is the best way to do it, right? And being defensively structured. With uh, some solid offensive, basically constant offensive pressure. Uh, Not so much like having those star players that Trotz is used to in D.C., but, you know, you look at the three cups that that Lamarillo won, playing that trap, having an incredible goaltender, uh, incredible coaching, and a great defense. Yeah. You know, I don't know if, Paulie, you saw the poll in their prime, who would you rather have, Broder or Wah? What would you? Who would you want? Wah. <clears throat> yeah, I would uh, want Wah too. I mean, <clears throat> Wah. We're talking in their prime. Yeah, and Brodeur has more career wins. Yeah, but that's regular season. Wah has more playoff wins, which is more important. Right. Um, I don't know. I think, I think Wah was a little more athletic. And I think uh, I don't know. I just when I when I watch them, watch old videos and stuff, I just I would take Wall. And Wall played with a a different fire, I think, than Marty. Yeah, and you know, some people were talking about how Wall played with stacked teams, blah 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 blah. Well, so did Burdor. Yeah, and, and they played the trap. Yeah, I was gonna say. They played a system that is the most beneficial to a goaltender. Patrick Waugh is the only player in NHL history with three consmites. Boom, boom. Uh, yeah, I would. I would have taken. I would have taken Waugh, hands down. It wasn't even a question. I've always thought Waugh was a better goaltender. Uh, he went out on top, which I respect that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, uh, he. Wah was a, a psycho. He played with like real f- crazy fire. I mean, fights and everything else. Let's just say this: Sean Avery is not waving his stick in front of Wah's face for yeah. very long, <laughs> right? Yeah, that that is a good point. <laughs> um, but back to Lou Lamarillo. Uh, the NHL is not a fucking speed league. So if if you hear that, uh. I just, that is just some weird trope that has been hammered on forever. The NHL is a checking league. And when I say checking, I don't mean like body check specifically, though that plays a part. 
It is a, it is a impeding your opponent's progress as much as humanly possible. And then the offense is generated from that, right? So your offensive plays, I feel the great ones are constant, are, are, are generated off of stopping the other team on a rush first. How many times have you seen a great storing opportunity on one end result in a goal in the neck and the other end? A lot. It seems like it's it's just constant, right? Uh, especially in OT and in in pivotal moments where momentum is shifting. Uh, you know, hockey's about momentum and, and checking. To for me, uh, <clears throat> you know, I'm not some sort of great hockey mind. I'm just super smart. You know, probably like genius level. But yeah, right. <laughs> but uh, you know, the people that say like speed, it's a speed league. It's like. First of all, what the fuck does that even mean? Like everybody's skating faster? Yeah, that's true. I would say that. Uh, but it does that being able to skate fast mean that you're going to win the Stanley Cup every year? You have the fastest players on your team? No, not at all. What you need is defensive structure, good goaltending, and a plan <clears throat> to shut shit down uh, starting in the offensive zone. Yeah. Which is why for checking, getting the defensive involved, keeping the puck in the offensive zone, you know, that's, that's all, that's all what I would consider defensive play. When you don't have the puck, it's defensive play. Absolutely. Wherever you are, right? So I, I think that that's something that caps fan, oh, well, I think that hockey fans would be do good, do good to, to recognize that. Um, yeah, players are getting faster, but that's more of like a rising tide raising all ships. Uh, the one thing that I will say is that like speed, when people talk about speed, I look at, I think that the, the more, uh, beneficial part of quote unquote speed is the team's ability to make decisions and distribute the puck quickly, right? Cause the puck's always going to travel fast on your skate. Right. It's, it's, you know, there's no analytic that you can tell me that's going to disprove that. Um, because it's just purely not true. What, what, uh, what I guess grows team speed is, like I said, good checking, you know, getting the puck on your stick first, and then great coaching and ability, chemistry kind of works into that. But really, team structure, which again plays into the check, like how you check other teams. Um, that's my rant on, on checking league versus speed team, speed league. Uh, I've gone on multiple rants on this podcast about it. You know, I don't know. We'll tune into previous seasons, but uh, this is why the Islanders have made it to back-to-back conference finals, and in Trot's first year went to a second round uh, after sweeping the Penguins. I mean, Lou Lamarillo has the team in mind. He's built it, uh, and and Trotz is the cherry on top. I mean, he went out for a coach that just won it before. And knows, I mean, you know, over probably at this point, two decades, I think he's, he's probably a 20 year coach at this point. Um, well of experience. Uh, on the other hand, you have the Canadians. There's some like weird upstart team that Bergevin is basically deadlift and snatched into relevancy. You know, I remember hearing some of these trades and thinking the poor Canadians, they're, uh, gonna be irrelevant for another decade. Yeah, <laughs> shove that right up my ass on that one, man. Absolutely, right yeah. up there. Yeah, 
And I mean, but you know, you remember three years ago where the Canadians even a, a a thing. I mean, they'd make the playoffs. They had Max Pacioretty. They, you know, they had Carey Price. But it always seemed like it was one or two players that the Canadians were like heavily relying on, uh, mostly goaltenders, uh, that to get them anywhere. And and it, and it was a lot like Henrik Lundqvist in in New York dragging a bunch of bums into the playoffs, kicking and streaming. Yeah, that's that's a good comparison. Now it seems like these young guys, like Nick Suzuki, who I believe the Vegas Knights gave up, uh, are killing it. And, you know, the Canadians, we talked about in the last Hockey Troll hip check, was, you know, they've got these veterans that are low-key. Corey Perry, who just took a stick to the face like a fucking madman, just came <laughs> back out after they won, just blood all over. Um, you know, you've got Jeff Petrie, who's a longtime Canadian. Uh, you've got Tyler Toffoli, who I think is super underrated in this team's effort right now. I mean, he's distributing the puck. He's doing a great job finishing. Uh, he won a cup. You know, you've got these like low key cup winners on the team. And then you're sprinkling in that incredible mix of the young bloods, right? Cole Caulfield, Suzuki, uh, a couple others there. I mean, Jake Evans, Jake Evans. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Really good, uh, really good kind of mix, and it's working for him. Um, so in this matchup, if this were to happen, which I'm not saying it's going to happen, I'm just previewing this in case it happens. Right. I've got to side with the Isles, man. I want Trotz to be the second coach to win with two teams. Now, you know, Scotty Bowman's the other one, and technically one with three, the Canadians the Red Wings and Pittsburgh and, you know, fuck off. I'm not counting Gorman Irvin from the thirties through the fifties. We're talking expansion era with curved blades and forward passes and all that fancy devil magic of the NHL today. So, you know, I don't know who, if this matchup happens, who you got, Polly? It's tough. It is tough. Um, <clears throat> I think I would, predict an Isles victory. Um, Why? Why? What what do you think is the difference maker? Because you do have to remember, they're going up against Carey Price. True. Um, But, you know, they're scoring on Vasilevsky. They, well, the Penguin goalies weren't good. They were scoring on Tukarask. Um, And while Carey Price may be above those guys, I think, I mean, they're scoring on Flurry. I mean, right. they've they've been scoring on some guys who, at at a, the end of their career, may be an argument for the Hall of Fame. So, I think they'll be able to score on Carey Price, and I just think Trotz's system would be what gets them over the edge. I'd be happy to see either one win the cup. Yeah, I, I'm with you. Uh and I agree. I, you know, when you look at my well, the rule that I'm I'm coining as the hockey troll goalie rule is that you know your goalie has to steal four games in a in a Stanley Cup winning performance from start to playoffs to the end, right? So the, all those all those steals could come in the first round to get you to the second round, 
and then he plays well for the for the rest of the playoffs. But at a minimum, your goalie needs to steal you uh, four games. I mean, how many do you think Carey Price has stolen this far? I mean, there's not been a lot of chatter around him. So I will say he maybe have a couple in the bank. Carey Price does, but <clears throat> I mean, he's had to have stolen at least a couple this run. I would think so. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> the only thing is, I, I think the Canadians have just played a very good team game. Right. So it's kind of hard to pinpoint any games he's stolen. I don't know. Maybe maybe one of the Winnipeg games. Because, yeah. you know, the last one went to overtime, I, I believe. Right. Um, I'd have to look into it a little more if I were to pinpoint. But, yeah, maybe he steals the Stanley Cup. I think he's stolen one against Vegas here this round. I mean, there's been some times where Vegas, I mean, poured it on. And I'm not talking just, like, multiple shots. I mean, like, shifty plays in front where Carey Price just basically was floating. Yeah, he's made some spectacular saves. <laughs> right. So, you know, uh, I mean, Montreal fans are probably spoiled in the sense that these these saves are probably pretty par for the course for him. Right. But I don't know. Uh, just a little bit of history there, Cavs fans. We like to keep you educated so that you're not an ignorant fuck like a Penguins fan or anything. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, I I laugh because our counterparts at the Never Say Die, uh, or the Islanders Never Say Die podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network, uh, Grumpy Old Man is quite, he was quite critical of all of the Islanders, you know, he calls Brock Nelson Croc Nelson. Hmm. He says Lou Lamarillo doesn't want to give any young guys any love. Neither does Barry Trotz. And we know, Caps fans, that Barry Trotz is 120% on the whole tri- uh, the whole ideology that the NHL is not a development league. you got to be ready to play and deliver right now. Right. Uh, you're, you know, you get injected into the lineup, you're, you're looked at to be amazing. Um, and... So, yeah, I, I look at that and I think, well, shit, I mean, Lou Lamarillo is obviously a good, a, I mean, all the things that we just listed is why he's great. Uh, it's just interesting to me that, you know, Islanders fans are, are critical of Lou Lamarillo after oh, over two decades of squalor. <laughs> right. Like, he's brought them back from the the existence of irrelevance. It seems it it does seem that way, um, and you know how much of that is Barry Trotz, and how much of that is Lou Lamarillo. Who cares? Because Lou Lamarillo made the call to bring in Barry Trotz and develop the team. Yeah, and you know, Anders Lee when when he went down, there was a significant drop for the Islanders. They had yeah. a skid, and even though those those deadline acquisitions maybe didn't make as big of a splash at first. Right. They've been very big in the playoffs. They have. So, I mean, that's Lou Re- Lou Lamarillo. I mean, that's all him. Sure. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure that he consulted with Trotz as to who to target, but <clears throat> at the same time, he's he's the one, you know, signing the checks. Right. So, crazy year. Crazy year. 
love to see it. Love to see the parody and uh, in, in having you know these teams are somewhat irrelevant, be relevant again. But I know you have a long segment there, Polly. Uh, you got this big heart on for for West Virginia Day. So let's get into it. Are you hungry? Yeah, let's cook it. It's snack time with Polly Cupcakes. All right, Polly, take it away. All right, so like I said, this past Sunday was West Virginia Day, um, and so I'm going to talk about hockey in this state, the Mountain State, uh, because I'm sure a lot of people are very unfamiliar. Uh, to start, I will once again shout out my Uncle Bobby for this Thunderbird shirt, which is different than Monday's episode. Well, it's the exact same, but it's white instead of black. <laughs> um, but it's legit. It's the it's, away colors. It's from the early 90s. Well, it would have been home back then. Right, yeah. Light was always home. Right. Uh, so since, since I mentioned the Thunderbirds, I'll just start with pro hockey. Okay. Um, so, Wheeling has had an ECHL team since the early '90s. They are the affiliate of the Pittsburgh Penguins and the and the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins of the AHL. They've also had Canadians affiliation at a point. I feel like the Montreal Canadiens have had an affiliate every every single fucking team has at one time been a Canadians uh, affiliate. Fishing, fishing for prospects. Hey, maybe that's why they they win a cup every ten years. You know, yeah, just every once in a while, just get it in. So, um, there used to be a team in Huntington, West Virginia, which is in the like southeast on or southwest on the Ohio River, um, and that was the Huntington Hornets of the IHF in 1956-57. And the Huntington Blizzard in the ECHL, 1993 through 2000. Um, but the, the the real West Virginia team that's relevant and has so far stood the test of time is the Wheeling Nailers. So they relocated from Carolina. Their inaugural season, they were the Carolina Thunderbirds. And then they changed to the Winston-Salem Thunderbirds, moved to Wheeling, and they were the Thunderbirds for the 92, or, yeah, from 92 through 1996. Four seasons. They they won the Braham Cup at, during that, which is the President's Trophy equivalent. Okay. And they did make it to a Kelly Cup and lost. They won the As Kelly, the Thunderbirds. As the Thunderbirds. Gotcha. They did win the Kelly Cup before moving to Wheeling. So the franchise technically has a championship. Right. Um, in 1996, they had to change their name due to trademark disputes with the Seattle Thunderbirds out in uh, the WHL. <laughs> um, and they went with a local uh, connection because there used to be a big nail plant in Wheeling. So that's yes. where the Nailers come from, which is kind of like the equivalent to the Pittsburgh Steelers. You know, Steelers, Nailers, in that same vein. Sure. Um, and so 
you know, their first season, 96-97 as the Nailers, they actually went to the conference finals in 97-98, and that was with Caps head coach Peter Laviolette. That was his rookie year, along with friend of the pod, Stefan Brunner. Saw Steph, saw Steph at a restaurant the other day. Yeah. He's looking good. Yeah. And, and see, um, similar to what a guy on another podcast has talked about, NHLers sticking around. Uh, a lot of guys have stuck around wheeling after playing for the ECHL team, and it yeah. has really helped build the youth game. And Absolutely. He, Stefan Brunner is one of those guys. Uh, another guy who I'll mention as I work my way down the ranks is Tim Roberts, who played for the Wheeling Thunderbirds, and he stuck around, and he has coached and managed youth hockey for a long time. Shout out to him. Um, so in addition to the 98 season, they lost in the conference finals in 05-06 and 2010-2011. And then they did make it back to the Cup 2015-2016 year. They lost to the Allen Americans in six games. But I can tell you that was very a very electric three games yeah. in the Kelly Cup here in Wheeling. No, nah, I mean, I remember that run. It was sick. It was. It was a good was, time. And, and the boys, they had a real good relationship. I know they made a couple YouTube videos. Some of the guys were musically inclined. Yeah, um, they made a they sang a song about Captain Shane Baker. Uh, Shane marches on is the, <laughs> the song. Um, so you know they're they're one of the oldest franchises still in the league in the ECHL. Yeah, in the ECHL. Yeah, and I believe they have the most NHL alum. So 65 former Thunderbirds or Nailers have made it into the show. 59 as players, 6 as coaches, trainers, management, officials. Um, some of the notable ones are David Abisher, Paul Bissonette, Mike Condon, Scott Darling, Casey DeSmith, Tom Kuhnockel, Michelle Ouellette, Thomas Vokun. A lot of goalies, I think. Goalies have the most success working their way back up through the ranks. Because um, I think a lot of, you know, you only have so many spots on a roster. So I think a goalie playing in the ECHL isn't as permanent because they may just need to get him ice time. And it's better to have him play in the ECHL than ride the bench in the A. Yeah. Um, did Carcillo come down? At one point, for a conditioning stint, maybe I'm not sure. I don't know. Did he play for the Penguins? Or the? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Way to put me on the spot there. Yeah, well, no, I remember him because uh, it was the guy who he like beat up a a paper towel dispenser, <laughs> <laughs> and then they sent him down to the E. But I feel like he was with the Blackhawks. Uh, at this time, so maybe not uh, Carcillo, but I remember talking to to Higgins, uh, who's the equipment, who's a longtime equipment manager for the for the Wheeling Nailers, uh, about how that like 
the the guys that come through with who who are who know they're going to go back up, but they're here for a conditioning stint. Yeah, yeah, they're always the uh, the interesting ones because you know they're making like a million dollars a year uh, plus, and they're 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 in the shitter with their team. So right, I mean that happened with Paul Bissonette. I think, yeah, Dan Carcillo, oh five, oh six. Yeah, he was with the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins, right? Yeah, he spent six games in Wheeling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I heard he was probably one of the best nailers uh, that that they've seen, as far as practice goes and whatnot. Yeah, you know? right. Um, and yeah. now he hates hockey. Carcillo does. <laughs> yeah. He's very outspoken about a lot of stuff, isn't right. he? Right. Yeah, yeah. So, um, And so, a couple Stanley Cup champions have come mm-hmm. out of this franchise. Oh, okay. And David Abisher, Colorado mm-hmm. Avalanche. Let's go. Laviolette with the Hurricanes. <coughs> um, yep. Dan Carcillo with the Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, well, twice he's on there. Uh, mm-hmm. Scott Darling. With the Blackhawks as well, and I think in one of those, and I think in that run, he had to come in and save a series when um, Darling. Yeah, Darling. Yeah, yeah. Who, he who was, was uh, the goalie. Was it Niemi Crawford? Crawford, probably Crawford. Yeah, um, he. So one. I mean, eventually they put the the starter back in, but there was a series he had to come in and save it. Oh uh, yeah. Uh, you know, he was a starter. I'm not sure where Scott Darling is nowadays, but, uh, yeah, he, uh, he, all, well, it's a crazy story with Scott Darling because he kind of almost like blew his career away due to alcohol abuse, drug abuse, um, or some sort of, some sort of substance abuse. And he, um, he basically got demoted all the way down and then wheeling, was like just another foothold for him as as he was coming back up. He was really good for the nailers and then, you know, got a shot back up with a uh with the with the uh with the Hawks and ended up winning a cup. Yeah. So um you know Wheeling has produced some pretty impressive alumni. Uh a couple other guys on the list. Dan Goucher he was a broadcaster for the Bruins. Tom McVeigh, or McVeigh, he was a scout for the Bruins. Tom Kuhnockle with the Pens. John Archibald with the Pens. And Carter Rowney with the Pens. So, you know, there's a pretty good track record there. Sure. Um, and then there's been some college hockey. No one in the state is NCAA. There's only two Division One schools in the state, Marshall and West Virginia University. And WVU has a Division One ACHA club and a Division Two, and at points they've had a Division Three. Um, I've actually played against the lower team, WVU, a couple times. The top team has existed since 1968. They've had six appearances in nationals, a couple conference championships, CM, CHMA regular season champs in 08, playoff champs 
2010, regular season and playoff champs of the CHMA in 2012, and they finished the season ranked number 16. And then in 2014, again, they won the regular season playoffs of the CHMA, which is their conference. Um, I actually, those are guys I played with growing up on that team. There were three or four wheeling guys. And for those who aren't familiar, you know, college hockey has D1 and D3. And it's, it, you know, I may be wrong, but I've, I've always looked at D3 is more like, in terms of other sports, it's more like the D2. Right. And ACHA D1 is kind of like D2 1A. Yeah. So it's it's close to the equivalent of if you've got a buddy who played D2 football. That's kind of like what the ACHA D1 is. <laughs> um, but there are a few lesser-known colleges and... Uh, that have played college hockey in the state. Oh, fuck. Uh, Wheeling Jesuit, which is now Wheeling University, their program was found... Okay, so real quick back. Um, Bethany College, West Liberty University, it was state college at the time, and Wheeling Jesuit had teams in the 80s, 90s. I think it was very uh, relaxed, unofficial. Yeah, I mean, it was competitive, but it was like old school club. Right. Um, yeah. And it was, the um, team was brought back to Wheeling Jesuit in 2009-2010 by a friend of ours, Tommy P.A., mm-hmm. uh, played high school hockey with him, and he started the program up. The next year was my freshman year, and I actually started the program back up at West Liberty University. And that same season, our friend Keldus Emrith founded the team at Marshall University. So, during our time in college, West Liberty, Wheeling Jesuit, and Marshall all played in the same level. And it was a very competitive... Um, I mean, I wouldn't it say... It was a fucking shit show. It wasn't, it was. it wasn't good <laughs> hockey. But amongst the three of us, it was competitive. Sure. Um... And Hockey Troll, he wore the A through college. I did. Um, For one year, not yeah. the, not the first year. Yeah, and to reference what he was saying, um, I I am the career leader in assists and points. Oh, boy. And here we go. Tied with Schilling Rodocker for the most goals. Imagine, imagine the guy... Who turns in the stats being the all-time career leader. Yeah. Well, it went straight from the score sheet to the computer. <laughs> okay. Maybe somebody chubby-fingered some numbers. Yeah. There. So. Not a zero, a, a three. <laughs> we've had a few guys and, and girls go pro. Okay. Um, so the highest level is friend of the pod, Kristen Lewicki, who plays in the NWHL. Shout out, Kristen. She's played... Uh, for the Buffalo Buttes and the Metropolitan Riveters. And she was an all-star in 2018. Brian Ewing, who was born in Wheeling and lived here until he was about 10 and then moved north, he played four seasons for BU. And You're going to claim a guy that moved away in 10? It was a big deal for everybody when he – because he still had family here. You know? Oh, okay. 
Um, and he played for the Nailers. Yeah, so he came to the Nailers, had 91 points in 67 games, eight points in a seven-game playoff series, and then he does have uh, 11 AHL games, 122 ECHL games. It's a good and career. It is. And we've had a couple guys dress as emergency backups. John Klug. Shout out John Kluger. John Klug. Uh, Billy Higgins, who I believe has actually gotten in the game. Yeah. Um, he's a Wheeling native. And as you referenced, he... Um, Long-time equipment manager yeah, for the Nailers. Yeah, he's equipment manager. Uh, he has actually dressed for seven games. Um, and he has... Ten penalty minutes. What? Yeah, I he doesn't have any goalie stats, so they probably had him serve penalties. Ah, I gotcha. Um, and Grant Van Lar, who's not a Wheeling native, but while he was working for the Nailers, he dressed. Yeah. What about Johnny? Uh, John McFarland. He traveled with the Nailers for a week or two, mm-hmm. and then Brian Blowett, who played for Wheeling Park. He dressed against the Nailers as an emergency backup. And Zach Sonnefeld from Wheeling Park Sonny. was an assistant coach for a season for the Nailers after coaching WVU hockey. He was head coach. Head coach for the Nailers. Yeah, I thought. Well, maybe not. No, maybe not. Yeah. Maybe not. Maybe not. So, um, we haven't had any West Virginia Natives make it to the NHL yet, but we have had some, you know, make a splash in the game where you get paid. Sure. Um, And just a quick little rundown of the amateur level. Yeah. Um, At this point, we have seven high school programs, Wheeling Park, Wheeling Central, Lindsley, John Marshall, and then the other three... Well, and John Marshall, the, these four are combined programs, uh, co-ops. John mm-hmm. Marshall, Charleston, the West Virginia East Vipers in Martinsburg, and Charleston. Um, and the first state championship was in 2005. Park beat Central 2-1. to one. Let's go. 2010, my senior year, it was the second OT game in history, and we beat Park 2-1. to one. Oh, that's nice. Uh, Central, Wheeling Central has the most, seven of those uh, championships. And Grant Van Lar, friend of the pod, was the coach for a three-peat of that, which was my senior year, was the start of it. And who I referenced earlier, Tim Roberts, the former Thunderbird who stuck around. He, He coached Central from, well, before... I know for sure 2005 until my junior year, I think even earlier than that. So he really got the program off the ground. So that is uh, another example of the pros affecting amateur level. You know, he helped establish a high school program. Sure. Um, And uh, in addition to that, Wheeling Central and John Marshall have won a Pennsylvania championship in the open division. So even able to win in what some may say is one of the hotbeds of hockey. 
I don't think anybody's saying Pennsylvania's a hotbed of hockey, but it is it is better than West Virginia. So Pennsylvania's produced a lot of good pros. Decent pros. Yeah. yeah. But you know, hopefully hopefully if you're still listening, I didn't I didn't bore you too much. Um you know, I'm sure just, all of our West Virginia listeners are super pumped about it. Yeah, I mean uh you know, and a quick shout out to the career leaders. Oh, um Nico Catalano. He went to Wheeling Park. He leads West Virginia history with points and goals. Yeah. Uh, 182 and, career points in 55 games. That's pretty good. Yeah. Um, I will say, I know my senior year isn't on Elite Prospects. Mm. So, the stats may be missing some people's, but I think he would still be as the leader. You may know Nico Catalano from uh, some collabs with Barstool Sports. I believe that he's doing some producing work uh, out in the California area. I think him and uh, Nick Traney are pretty good friends. Yeah, that would make sense. Yeah, friend of the pod, Nick Traney. Yeah. Um, so, uh, um, who's Michael Tiggy? Michael Ty. That is... Anthony Ty's little brother, Anthony Ty, is one of the hosts of the Juicebox podcast that we've been guests on twice. That's his little brother? That's his younger brother. Why is he not on this? Why isn't Tiggy on it? And that's his name, Ty? Yeah, Ty. Ty. And a quick shout out to the 16th all-time, my little brother, Parker Henry. He, um... (laughs) 64 points in 37 games. Only 37 games? Yeah, he missed his junior and senior year because he tore his right and then, well, one then the other ACLs. Football, so soft. Football soft. ruined his hockey career. <laughs> um, but, you know, and there's even a few guys I haven't mentioned that have gone on to play D1 hockey for Niagara. A couple guys have played juniors. Um Good so stuff. The, the the state is growing. You you may not have heard of many people from West Virginia, but I promise they're there. Um, and Caps Nation, the Washington Capitals are a very big reason that there's hockey in the Eastern Panhandle in Martinsburg. They donated roller hockey rinks, and I'm willing to bet the fact that there's a hockey team competing at the high school level is definitely a spillover from the outreach and just the existence of the Washington Capitals. Absolutely. No doubt. Because Martinsburg's only like an hour and a half from D.C. Right. Right. Yep. All good stuff, man. Do you have anything else, Paulie? Talk some shit or anybody? No. No, I... (laughs) A, uh, Only positivity in this segment. Yeah, West Virginia receives enough hate. We don't. We don't uh, need a negative. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, I mean, I think that was a good one. Lots of. Uh, it's funny to see a lot of a lot of these names. You, you really dug deep into the into the bowels of the stats to get some of these, uh, but. Anywhere the sport can grow is a good thing. Yeah. 
Well, I mean, that's the thing. When I was in high school, there were, well, I guess there were, there were five teams and now there's seven, you know, I mean, that's yeah. growth. Sure. Um, and in these cities where the teams exist, Wheeling, Morgantown, Martinsburg, and Charleston, they all have travel programs. So the Wheeling and Morgantown travel play in Pennsylvania. Martinsburg plays in Maryland, I believe. Mm. And then the Charleston team plays like Southeastern Ohio and Kentucky competition. Interesting. Cool. Good stuff. All right. Anything else? No. Uh, Mountaineers are always free. There you go. Uh, Cavs fans, thanks for tuning in and bearing with us here. Uh, check the podcast out on iTunes. Give us a rating. Five stars only. Five stars only. And until next week, we'll see you then. Hockey Troll Poly Cupcake signing off. Hey, Caps fans. Thanks for tuning in to the official Caps Troll Podcast, repping the greatest team in the NHL. Follow me, the Hockey Troll, at Hockey Trolling on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And follow me, Polly Cupcakes, at Cupcake Polly on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. And follow the show's handle at Caps Chirp on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Special thanks to the Hockey Podcast Network at HockeyPodNet on social and the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com. The Hockey Podcast Network. Every team, everywhere. Check them out, or oh, we're not friends anymore. <laughs>